Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Check out all the best geeky podcasts at batmanpodcastnetwork.com. And guess what? You're not going to believe this, but today's episode is actually a Batman episode. What? I keep saying we're Batman on film related, and then uh, I haven't talked about Batman in a while. Uh, but this is this is an exciting episode. Um, Ryan Lauer from the Batman Book Club is back talking about the classic Batman The Long Halloween. Now, if you have not read Batman The Long Halloween, you need to go do that right now. Uh, for two reasons. One, because it's great. And two, because it serves as inf- inspiration for the upcoming The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson. Um, I, I'm very excited uh, for this episode. Uh, Ryan is, uh, is such a great guy. Uh, I love getting him on the show because I, I think we click pretty well, you know, despite the fact that you know, he's no Peter Vera, but he's, he's okay. He's all right. You know, we, we get along, kind of. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, you know, um, I, I love uh, I love that I've gotten to, to know these Batman on film guys uh, over the past couple of years uh, doing this and um, becoming fans of their show and uh, or their shows, I should say. Um, yeah, it's great. Uh, check out the Batman Book Club. Uh, I've done an episode. I uh, should be on again soon, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but Ryan, uh, he has a plethora of guests, a plethora of topics. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I will also say that this episode ends a little abruptly. I will, uh, I will add a outro because um, our, my internet went down and uh, I was like, I think it's fine. And then when I went to edit it, I was like, oh, well, uh, Ryan plugs his stuff and we get, we, we get the gist of what he's saying. So it's, it's fine. Um, so you'll have to listen to the, towards the end of the episode. Um, I'll do a hastily, hastily made outro. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, you know, thank you for your understanding, of course. Um, if you're looking for me, you can find me, uh, at 4 Comic Junkies, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please, uh, write a review, rate, uh, share with your friends. Say, hey, this guy has some stuff to say. And he also isn't annoying-ish. I would greatly appreciate that. Alright, uh, anyway, we're talking Batman the Long Halloween. Let's get into it with Ryan. Back on the show, Ryan Lauer, the curator of the Batman Book Club, the librarian or whatever you want to call it, I guess. I guess librarian would be a better title. Um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming back. I know this is a book you're not super familiar with, but I'm glad you were able to uh, <laughs> make some time. Well, thanks for having me on, JJ. And yeah, this I'm I'm not a huge fan, but I felt I felt like it was my time to accept your invite to come back here. <laughs> and uh, no, I can't even I can't even kid about that. I'm really happy to to come back, and I'm honored that you asked me and couldn't have picked a better a better topic. This is, I don't know how many times I've talked about the long Halloween mm-hmm. in various forms this year, and it will not be the last either. So uh, I, I'm always, I'm happy to be back and to talk this book specifically. I, 
so I, you know when i thought about it i was like there's there's no one else i would ask to be on this episode um so uh and you know i've got my long halloween shirt uh i see i saw that and yeah. i am jealous which is just like the cover of my of my copy yeah which nobody can see but you <laughs> <laughs> where did you like what's the story behind the shirt where'd you uh, find that how want it <sighs> um, hottopic.com I think um, okay because I don't really go into stores or into the you mall, don't goth up and go to hot topic <laughs> <laughs> no it's uh, since since COVID I don't really go into the mall anymore <laughs> gotcha understood um, I was like, I won't make fun of hot topic because honestly that's where I'd gone the past few not last year but the years before that I'd, on, on Batman day hot topic was like a major store that actually did something for batman day and would have like buy two t-shirts get one free or something like that and so i've bought batman t-shirts from there before so uh um them not this them and spencers i noticed they do that <gasps> i didn't know spencers did it yeah spencers oh, did goodness. something a couple years ago because i walked in with a batman shirt and they were like do like happy batman day like immediately and i was just like oh okay good i'm not the only weirdo that knows that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> not that it's unusual for me to be wearing a batman shirt out in public anyway but huh. uh, you know, um, so anyway, let let me ask you. Uh, so let's let's dive right in. Uh, you know, you talk about this book so much in, on your show and on other shows. Mm. Uh, what what is it that makes it your favorite, or can you even really put it into words? I can do the best. I can attempt. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, that it was. It hit me at the right time of reading, which is weird to say because I was in high school when I read it for the very first time, but I was starting to really dig into the mature Batman stories. And this one, I just was really drawn to the atmosphere. I really love atmosphere with Batman yep. of dark and shadows and sales art really drew me in by the look and then the getting invested in the story and getting to see all of the villains that I'd I'd known and started to love over the years. And then overall, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a tragedy, basically. Yep. It's the, the fall of Harvey Dent. And there's just so much, there's just uh, relationships and characters and stuff. There's so much is put into this book that I just, I love it. And this is nearly like definitive versions of, of characters. This is like my favorite uh it's just like my favorite version of characters that we see too in the relationships and how they deal between Bruce and Alfred and the, you know, Batman, Gordon and Dent, their relationship, Bruce and Selena's relationship of their on again, off again, it's complicated. And I like, ah, oh, it just, I think, I hope that answers it of everything. <laughs> I yeah. just think it's told really well. And it's so cinematic as also, and, uh, and then on top of it, it's like it's a murder mystery on top to it that keeps you guessing and has twists and turns on it too. It's not just showing us showing off characters in Gotham City. There's a point to it. And I, I just love all of that is found in this one story. And I welcome challengers because what would be better than to have a new favorite Batman story? But I mean nothing nothing has touched the long Halloween for me. Um I you know, I definitely agree that it's the the moody atmosphere of it um and the the tragedy the the tragic nature of the story i mm -hmm. think is is definitely the selling point for me because uh you know my 
a friend and friend of mine and I, we did like our top 10 Batman stories a couple years ago on this show. And I, and I said that I thought that, well, he said that he thought that the best Batman stories were about the villains. And I said that I thought the best Batman stories were uh, tragedies. And in this book, it's both, you know, you get an onslaught of the greatest hits villains, as well as, um, you know, as well as a really tragic story with Harvey and, and not just Harvey, but, you know, the, the d- dissolving of this friendship, this union between Batman, mm-hmm. Gordon and Dent, um, which is, uh, I, I think, heartbreaking in and of itself, especially when I was rereading it today, because um, luckily I had a slow day at work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was working. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, I, I forgot how much, especially in the last chapter, Batman says, Harvey Dent, my friend, you know, when he has his internal Mm -hmm. monologue, he says it quite a few times and it was like hitting home for me every time. And I was like, oh my God, like this is, this is sadder than I remember. (laughs) Yeah. I think I I I would always get it mixed up there for a while of when Bruce, he has the cowl off and he's in the cave and he's talking to Alfred and he tells Alfred that he was basically really close to telling Dent who he was. I can't think for some reason that was always in long Halloween and then the, you know, I mean, it was a while ago now, but uh, for a few years there, and it's actually in Dark Victory that he says that. But it 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 adds to what you just said too, of yeah. really reinforces that Bruce was the Bruce was close with Harvey Dent, which I don't know. Maybe that's something that could have capitalized a little bit, if you want to, eh, of how close they were, because we just didn't get that Bruce and Harvey were best friends. But it's like. But then I take the the words at face value there of as a friend and and Bruce is thinking Batman's friend in in that regard of Harvey's Batman's friend because they're yeah. both together they're united the same goal um, and that that definitely makes it hit home for me. Or, well, yeah, because he yeah. well uh, well Dent tries to arrest Bruce <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, in exactly. The, in the book. I mean, uh, it doesn't what a friend. <laughs> <laughs> but what well, doesn't happen in the movie? It does happen in the comic. Um, I don't think. No, it didn't happen in the movie. Um, but uh, that was another thing that, you know, um, you know, I, I just did an episode with Bill uh, about um, Dark Knight Returns. And and it's like I sort of take some of these animated movies for granted where I'll just be like, well, I don't need to reread the book or go to the movie, you know, like a big, you know, lazy jerk. Um, <laughs> whereas with. Uh, so when I reread the Dark Knight Returns, I was like, man, they they kept they they took a lot out of the movie when they made it there's so much more in the book and not even just the internal monologue but with mm-hmm. the the long halloween adaptation it was like i i knew right from the start that they changed so much and rereading the book i was like oh yeah they changed a lot and and i kind of you know i have to side with bill a little bit on that one that i prefer that take where it's it's Batman the Long Halloween. We all recognize it as Batman the Long Halloween, but it's the story's prevented or prevented <laughs> presented uh, so differently that I can, if I watch the movie, it's not the same as reading the book. I have to go back and read the book, um, which not I, I have a problem with, but you know, it, it makes it that much more exciting to be like, oh, th- there's a lot of big changes here and changes that I really, really like. Um, one change I didn't like, if I'm going to be honest with you, is, is I, I love the purple costume on Catwoman. That's the, that's the one I miss. But it looks Catwoman. fine in the movie. But I just I love the purple costume with the exaggerated ears and tails. Just 
it looks kind of weird, but it also looks like it, she totally fits in that world, <laughs> you know? Um, and especially, you know, the Joker's long half moon looking face. Um, but, uh, but also Tim Sale, I mean, he can draw the hell out of a Batman, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's something that's, it's fun. Um, as long as you're there for the enjoyment of this is a comic book, don't change your mind from understand like you're reading a comic book because he can definitely exaggerate the cape quite a bit. Oh yeah. Like sometimes even cape the cape it goes on and then even has its own little you'd almost see like skeleton fingers at the end just crawling. Yeah. It's like hmm, in some frames or some panels it's longer than in other panels, but that's where it definitely is like no, don't be a nerd. <laughs> just enjoy what you're reading. The art is great. I I like Tim Sale's art a lot. I love his Batman. Um I guess that could be the only like pending your mood on the cape, but otherwise, I mean, it's also he's making Batman larger than life a lot too, and I I love that that part of Tim Sale's artwork as well. Um, no, I definitely agree because the I and I and I kind of thought that, but at the same time, it's like yeah, but like I I love the cape because the animated series did it a lot too when the cape is just super exaggerated and you know it has no beginning it has no middle it has no end mm -hmm. um unless it's you know getting chopped up by the crop duster um but i but i am reading this and feeling like you know this is a batman that not only looks like he can take a punch but he can also take a bullet um mm -hmm. and and there's the one scene where he uh you know he's like my appearance has more effect in at night and I was just like, I was like, yeah, but like, he's still this imposing guy that, you know, if he, you know, if he were to walk into this room right now, you know, even though I have the lights on and everything, I think it would still scare the hell out of me. And I think that Tim Sale gets that across really, really well, where he just, like, his brow is extra furrowed, you know? <laughs> and, oh, yeah. And, uh, and the ears are super long, and, you know, I, I love it. And, I mean, shameless plug but uh i was fortunate enough to get to talk to the writer of the movie tim sheridan in mm -hmm. two separate conversations with uh bill from batman on film and uh they're on the youtube page the bof youtube page uh <laughs> great conversations tim is awesome and the book so as you were just describing on how much of a presence batman has here and how intimidating he is still even in daylight but I, you get what he means by his, his internal dialogue of, you know, I work better at night. Um, that this is still something that Tim Sheridan had said was, you know, the book didn't necessarily capitalize on this is like year two Batman. Right. You know, this is still really early on. It's not the beginning because he's got all of these rogues that are in, in Arkham and stuff, but he's like, this is a, a an early Batman still. And so, you get that in the movie. They really capitalized on on that and made that a, a really cool part of the movie that I liked. Uh, is that yes, he is scary and intimidating, but also still he makes mistakes, and some villains aren't that intimidated by him. So I I did like that difference in the movie from from the book, and yet it doesn't. Neither one sort of pisses on the other. You know, it's yeah. like it's do it's the long halloween in two different mediums and they both work really well even though though they're not the exact same because kind of like you'd said and i mean we 
I think we both are in the same boat as what how Bill feels on. And I mean, Tim Sheridan said this too, of you've got the book by Tim sale. Why yeah. on earth would we sit there and try to do what Jeff Loeb and Tim sale did mm-hmm. better? No, there's room to have the, the feel of the long Halloween and yet tell a somewhat different story. I mean, it, it's essence is still the long Halloween. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I love, I love the dark Knight returns and Batman year one movies. I think they did a good job of doing all that. And that, and it didn't bother me that those are page to screen, whatever. Uh, Long Halloween, I'm glad they didn't. But I, I feel like maybe I've just grown up, and I'm glad that they don't do that anymore. <laughs> but one, you know, it's on a quick tangent here. One animated movie where I think they tried to split the middle, and I think they really failed at was the All Star Superman movie. Um, mm. It just that that story was written to be a twelve chapter book, you know, twelve chapter comic, and and they just kind of picked out their favorite parts. And I was like, yeah, but you missed my favorite parts. So why didn't you mm-hmm. just do this as like a 12, as like a, you know, like 10 minute, like mini, you know, show. One of the shorts. Something. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been more interested in that because I don't think they captured that very well. Whereas, you know, um, Tim Sheridan, Butch uh, Lukic, um, all the people at, you know, home video, I think they they really got what made the dark, or I'm sorry, what made the long Halloween special, which is at its heart, it is a mystery. And, mm-hmm. and who doesn't love that, you know, like, you know, I know you're a fan of like the screen movies and I've been, you know, kind of doing a deep dive on those because partially because of Halloween, partially because I was on a screen podcast and I just did an episode <laughs> a little bit ago and it's like, and there's kind of some fun watching it and going, okay, but who's the killer, you know? Yeah. And it's sort of interesting that the book and even the movie to an extent doesn't really give you an answer. It, it lets you kind of pick and choose who you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the, because, uh, you know, when I was rereading it, I remember like years ago thinking, well, it's Gilda, right? And then <laughs> later, and then later on being, well, maybe it isn't. And then I was like, am I reading this book wrong? I feel like an idiot. And then finally, when I <laughs> saw your interviews and even uh, your your show where you did uh, The Long Halloween, I was like, oh, thank God I'm not an idiot for not getting the mystery. Like, oh, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Okay, I feel better about myself now. <laughs> and that's what I love about the, I think that's what I love revisiting the book is I know in the end who the killers are. Yeah. Gilda and Alberto. Or as they, I love how he says it in the movie. I was Alberto. It's always yeah. Alberto. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we don't, I love when I reread of like trying to piece together, okay, which one was doing it? Which one, like, who did this murder? Who yeah. did this murder? And then there's the obvious, although it's, and again, it's ambiguity at its finest. Yep. Isn't Harvey Dent a, one of Holiday? Technically, mm-hmm. he killed Carmine on Halloween. So, right. and it's like, okay, but if you don't count that, is he one of the Holidays? Well, you're led to believe uh, the New Year's New Year's Eve killing is Harvey because his hair is wet, even yeah. though he had he had a hat on. Right. Uh, so it's like, hmm. And then how Gilda her long monologue at the end and and stuff. But then you've got Alberto killing Maroni on Labor Day, and so it's like, okay, so he is a hot. So then it just becomes so fun on on rereads of who committed which murder, and then the movie also did that. Yeah. Uh, and I love Sheridan's, um, or should I say Tim, because we're friends, uh, <laughs> how 
how he said, you know, the way that that movie ended, which I don't know if we want to spoil it or not. Um, Uh, Let's say no, it's still relatively new. Okay. How the movie ends, he's like, I've come across people who don't like it and give certain reasons in which I say, well, we don't know what happened right after that scene. We purposely left it. Like, you don't know what happens as soon as those credits roll. In your head, you can say this or this or this option or this option or these people or that person. It's it's open for you. So I know some people do love to watch entertainment and get uh, closure for a story. And, and so then when stuff is left a little open-ended like that... Um, like they hate the end of Inception because right. it's not finalized. <laughs> it, uh, but that's the, the point. The top <laughs> fell exactly. Yeah, and and so there in some stories, some stories that does not work, and other stories it does. And for the long Halloween, it totally does. I think because it is open for interpretation. Some and I uh, at this moment have not read the long Halloween special, uh, yep. but maybe that will that's just going to be really interesting on if that adds to definitively answering any questions or leaving stuff open-ended still i i think uh i I sort of hope it doesn't but i am excited to revisit that world a little bit because i feel like a lot of these books you know it's like you can read the scott snyder greg capullo stuff and that batman almost exists in his own multiverse and the Tim Sale, Jeff Lowe, Batman almost exists in his multiverse a little bit. Um, if that makes any sense, you can read them as standalones, but if mm-hmm. you read them all as like a series, then I think you get a, a broader picture. But um, I love the idea of of having this specific vision and I feel like it, it doesn't contradict anything I know or love about Batman, but at the same time, like I can read something else and feel like oh it has its nods to the long halloween because i mean how could it not the long halloween is is a seminal batman story i mean how often is it at the top of a top 10 batman story list you know um and there's a reason for that you know it's a well-crafted story and not just about uh batman but really of gotham city too where um you get to feel first words of the book I yes. believe in Gotham City. <laughs> right. Um, which is funny because I forgot that the book, or maybe I just never realized it, that the book starts it in like June and then it builds to Halloween. And then the book ends, you know, not on Halloween, but like a couple of months later, um, which I was like <laughs> kind of blindsided by. I was like, wait a minute, why, it, why are they saying it's, it's unseasonably warm? Or why are they saying it's so hot? I'm like, wait, it's June? Did I forget that? Like, I guess I did. <laughs> um, People say it's hot. It's not as hot as the night Johnny Vitti got married. Yes. <laughs> um, that hot June night. Which, um, you know, I, I don't know. This, I don't know. I felt like at least where I live, August was like the hottest month in the world, and then literally September first, it was like a fall day. Like it was weird. <laughs> But uh, not this September. I mean, we hit 90 <laughs> this past week. Good Lord. Well, we we got up. We got uh, up there a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was it was it's been a weird, been a weird couple of years. That's all we have to say. <laughs> it, it really has. 
Um, the 2020s are just are weird. So prep yourself for the next eight that it's yeah. going to just get weirder. <laughs> yeah. And we have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but um, one of the things that I think Jeff Loeb loves to do is when he's writing, he wants, I think, and I've read an interview with him where he kind of said when he was writing Hush, he was like, I kind of included all these characters because I just wanted to see Jim Lee draw them. You know, and who wouldn't, right? It's like, yeah, so we'll get mm-hmm. Joker, we'll get Superman, we'll get, um, you know, we'll get Catwoman, we'll get Poison Ivy, you know, the whole rogues gallery. And same with Long Halloween. Clearly, he loves his artists, and he wants th- wants to see their takes on these characters. And and I think that I I love the way Tim Sale draws, you know, uh, all, the, all the villains that they, none of them look real human. There's something off about all of them. Um, even Catwoman to an extent, like I said, with the exaggerated ears and tail. Um, but but the but even the human characters have some sort of um, uh, not quite anatomically right about them. Like, you know, um, Alberto just sort of looks like if a toothpick came to life and <laughs> um, the Roman just sort of has like a rectangle head. And, and I'm not criticizing or making fun. I'm just saying that this is very deliberate on Tim Sale's part. And I think it, it just adds to the story. It adds to the weirdness and, and, and for being a visual medium, it does a great job of sucking you right back into the story. Yeah. And I think, and this is me trying to be as unbiased as possible, but Loeb did it much better with the long Halloween than hush, because I do think long Halloween, the, the rogues serve a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hush, I think, definitely can feel like we just want to see, oh, yeah, remember, like, here's one of Batman's villains. Here's one of Batman's villains. Whereas here, the story is kind of like the Gotham's crime escalating from mob to the, the freaks, yep. you know, and in which he does that, it does it first with Poison Ivy and how Falcone uses poison ivy uh who is probably the one i don't love her design i'll say that of out of all of them i think hers is the only design that i just don't love i think it's okay at best don't tell tim sale um (laughs) but it's just looks like a you know leafy green kind of mess and that's a different take for sure i do really like more of a human version of poison ivy you know green skin and everything is all cool with me and and all of that but you know um that's just like a personal preference for me but all the others look great yeah great um i have actually never gotten to meet tim sale every con i've gone to has just been like his people and his booth and Ah. it's it's been soup it's just so annoying where I'm like, oh, it's Tim Sale here. They're like, oh no, we're just selling his art. And I was just like, oh well, get the fuck out of here. Then nobody wants you here. Like, no, no joke. <laughs> this is honest to God truth. I had a dream that I was having a conversation with Tim Sale. Uh-huh. Uh, not at a convention or anything. It was just like two two bros just talking about uh, comics and work and stuff. And I said about, and I brought up the Long Halloween. And how in the absolute dark victory version, there's an interview with Jeff Loeb where Jeff Loeb basically kind of says, never say never. Will there be, oh, will there be a long Halloween three? 
never say never. Mm-hmm. And I brought that up to Tim Sale in the dream, and he just laughed. Mm-hmm. The next day was the announcement of the long Halloween special. <laughs> no joke. That's and awesome. I was like, oh my God. I told my I told my lady about that. And I'm like, this is the only foreshadowing. I just wish I would have told more people because of course nobody will believe me. But <laughs> hand to the Lord above, that happened. Flat out happened. And it was wild. I uh I had a dream that I was talking to Scott Snyder before con. And I told him I was waiting for my sister and he suddenly got much more interested and was like, well, tell me when your sister gets here. And it was really creepy and weird. And I did not like it. Uh, <laughs> but then you were like, but he could be my brother-in-law. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let's feel this out. Let's see how this works. Um, I actually, I think I tweeted at him that I had a dream about that, that he was like hanging out with me because he wanted to meet my sister. And, <laughs> and he, and he just said, LOL, see you at Austin Con or something like that. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you actually tweeted it, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just something like that. It was a couple years ago, but... Oh, wow. Um, I, I have gotten to meet Jeff Loeb. Um, nice. Where it was before Avengers X Sanction came out, which was uh, one of the Marvel events of the late, of the early 2010s. I don't remember exactly where it was placed, and not that it matters because it changed, like, every year for, you know, a good five, good ten years almost. Um but it was like Cable coming from the future wanting to kill the Avengers. And mm. I was like, hey, I don't know if I like this idea for this story. Like, what, you know, he said, well, do you like my work? And I said, oh, yeah, I love your work. And he was like, well, at the end of the day, it's about a father who's trying to protect his daughter. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like, okay. And then I ended up buying the series. So, <laughs> so, so he, Jeff, what's the long Halloween really about? <laughs> so, uh, was, was it, was it Gilda? Is it, or yeah. is it was it Harvey? You know, or was it maybe? Yeah, Jeff, totally unrelated. Was it Gilda? I need to know. <laughs> was it like you know maybe it was the Joker the whole time and we just didn't know? Yeah, it? Uh, <laughs> good one. The one of the characters that's in the book that I think was a smart omission from the movie uh, is the Riddler because even the the Riddler story feels a little like like tacked on, you know. Like, oh, well, let's, we got to include the Riddler because we're including all the other big villains. And it doesn't feel as organic to the rest of the story. At least to me, and I hope, you know, I'm not filling your body with rage right now. <laughs> Disconnected. <laughs> Damn it. I, I think it's, it's for that point in the story, because, you know, I've, I never had to wait a month for this story. I was able to grab it and read it front to back. Yeah. Um, it served as a good mid you know, halftime show, if you will, of remember the front half. So, you know, this is how, this is what's happened so far up to this point between yeah. bat cutting back and forth between Batman and Riddler. Uh, I like the inclusion in the, in the book. I totally respect if you don't, that's, that's a, okay. It's not um, that I don't like it. I just, it feels. No, no, no. I heard yeah, that yeah. you hated it. I think you said it was just, <laughs> it was dog shit. And that's okay. That's fine. Um, oh wrong, God. but it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. No, uh, I like that purpose in including it with Falcone. To me, that part made sense because he's already started to dabble into the freaks with Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to the Riddler, who's apparently, you know, always supposed to be the smartest man in the room. Okay, well, why don't you tell me who Holiday is? Uh, the part that always threw me off was Holiday's. Like the joke on Riddler of not shooting him on 
April Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that joke almost would serve better if it was happening to Joker. Yeah. You know, I think Joker would laugh about it and find it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just kind of weird to think about, and I know this is getting like really nerdy, whether it's Gilda, Alberto, or Harvey at that point, that they would go through the trouble of tracking down and shooting an outline around the Joker or yeah. around Riddler and then leaving. That's just kind of like, huh. But for the movie, uh, shout out to friend Steve J. Ray from Fantastic Universes. He got to interview Tim Sheridan and Tim Sheridan said that they, that he had scripted, I think, like some kind of bonus kind of short or something, including the Riddler. And then uh-huh. I think budgetary, it was kind of like, oh, we won't even, we aren't going to make this. It was just like an idea that he started to jot down. And that's such a like, what were you going to do? Yeah. I want to know what you were going to do. But it wasn't going to be part of the main movie. I think it was going to be maybe an extra something or, or other. And that just kind of like, what would you have done? Because I honestly thought when they split the movie in two parts, that that would be, oh, this is the the opening of part two. Yeah. Is Riddler rehashing to try and do a, because I figured it was going to be longer than a month between the two part movies. Yeah. I think dark Knight returns was a few months. It was like, and six so months, it would be yeah. okay. Uh, th- that would just seem to me. That's what's going to happen. That's yeah. going to be your recapper months after the first part ended and they omitted it. And that's fine. It didn't, I didn't feel like the movie lacked anything because they dropped it. Um, no, I didn't either. Um, I, I, I will say what I think I have very few complaints about either the book or the movie. Um, the, the only thing is that type of animation style. I, they did it with the Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Not a big fan of it. All I can think about is Archer. And it Archer animation, me. man. It's, it's just, it just bugs me a little bit, but I can, I can put that out of my head long enough to enjoy the movie and, then, and still appreciate it. And, and rereading the book, I love that I felt like the characters were just so well cast. Um, and, you know, and I, I love Jensen Ackles being able to graduate, you know, or get promoted to Batman over Redhead. Um, as fantastic as he was as Jason Todd, I, I feel like maybe it's just where he is as an actor, his age, I don't know. But I thought he was just incredible as Batman. Uh, I know I've, su- I've said too before that I, I really like Jensen Ackles just as a, as a bro. And then also... <laughs> I felt I was a big fan. I started watching Supernatural as soon as it started to air when mm-hmm. he was on that. And I really dug him there. He was on Smallville for a little bit. And but and then when he voiced Red Hood and stuff, and I'm like, I really like Jensen Ackles. I feel like he's Jensen Ackles and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I was like, oh, cool. Jensen Ackles when it was announced that he's doing the voice of Batman. And then I heard it. And I'm like, man, that is one that I can't instantly tell if that's Jensen Ackles. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I, th- I really think like, he did something different for for these movies. And I, I dig it. I think he I think he was great as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Great. Bring him back for others if in the future. Like, I'd be totally down for that because I I really liked his his work for for these movies. I think what's great about some of the recent movies is that I feel like they could cast a lot of them in as like a live action counterpart. Like I feel like, mm. you know, an RIP to Naya Rivera is really tragic how she passed. Yeah. Um, but I always thought she would have been amazing as Catwoman. Um, and, 
and you know, and same with Josh Dumel as Harvey Dent. I mean, uh, yeah. back when the Transformers movies were out, and uh, they were the first couple, and then they were. Uh, that's when like Jeff Johns was like at the height of his powers with Green Lantern and everything. I kept thinking, man, I, I think I told you this before on our other show, but I was like, I wish that Josh Jamel could play Green Lantern. I think it'd be amazing as Hal Jordan. Um, and so they ended up doing the Jupiter's Legacy show, which was okay. Um, I like him a lot. And then my best friend and I are watching the movies, especially when there's the turn to Two-Face, which isn't a spoiler. It is in the book. It's in the movie too. Um, but you know, we were just sitting there, just glued to the TV. You know, usually you're on your phone, just blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, he just goes at one point, Jen, like, Josh Jumel is fucking killing it right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he just, when he turned to Two-Face, like, Harvey Dent was gone. And yeah. it was incredible. His voice was awesome, and I asked that to Timbo. And he <laughs> said it was all... It was all Duhamel. It wasn't any kind of post um, editing or adjustments for his like his voice. That was him. His two face growl was yeah. all him. And I'm like, dude, that's that's good stuff. Naya Rivera to go back to her just really quick. And I I'd said it before too. I think this is one of my favorite um, interpretations of Catwoman. Yeah, I loved the how they wrote Catwoman. Catwoman here, I I thought it was great. I thought her performance her voice and everything was awesome and i liked uh i agree i i'm curious how a purple catwoman suit would have looked mm. for this movie yeah uh but i thought it was a little bit of like a blend of batman the animated series and the batman yeah uh, that was her catwoman so it's like a combination of of the two which i thought was really cool because i like both versions that way but uh rivera's voice work for it too it was very very good a good characterization of selena too because she's playing by her own rules but she's definitely much more on uh ally you know she's much more of an ally than yeah. an enemy here so i i just really really liked that version of her you know you know what i haven't read in a long time and i was thinking about while i was rereading this was uh catwoman one in rome um because that that's a really good like spinoff um and still has that ambiguity in it, you know? It's interesting. I'm grabbing. I just left the screen. It probably <laughs> scared JJ. I'm here. I'm grabbing my absolute Batman Haunted Night. Oh, yeah, nice. Because said story is, wait for it. I'm getting there. This is great audio. Is <laughs> included in here, D1 in Rome, over here. Nice. <laughs> Which I think might be the best of of all of these books that Loeb and Sale did. That might be the best artwork that oh, Sale yeah. did. It is phenomenal. But yes, When in Rome is such a great. Uh, what do you want to want to say? I, I mean, it's a good inclusion. I, uh, I, detour, kind of like the, how I don't know if you read the the Harley Quinn. Uh, series in the White Knight universe. I don't know if you've read that yet. Or not, not, not yet. I have it. I haven't read it yet. That is a great extra little bonus for that universe. Mm-hmm. Like you're the, you're committed for White Knight and Curse of the White Knight and soon beyond the White Knight. Yeah. Um. And it, it's like this is a nice little diversion that fits into the world. And when in Rome is 100 that of that gap in dark victory 
without Catwoman, it's because she's over in Rome doing this. And I think, and it all works. It's great that it, that Loeb and Sale did that too. So it's like, it's already their world that they built and they're yeah. making this part of it. And Okay. Enough of my tangent. <laughs> no, I, I won't leave again. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got up for a second. I was like, right, I'm going to keep talking. Uh, <laughs> hello? Uh, but uh, yeah, that, I mean, the, I think what, what elevates this story for me um, is when it shifts into black and white during the murders because yeah. it, it makes it that much because obviously that's a callback to like the old school like detective noir stories yeah. um, which fits Batman world perfectly whether it takes place in you know 1996 or 1938 or 2020 whatever um, and I love the idea of it just it, it flips to black and white the only color is red and it just, it's, it's such a striking image. And again, you know, comic books is a visual medium, you know, so we need these, if I read a comic and the art is good, but the writing isn't, it, I can't, I, you know, I can't get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the writing's good, but the art's not great, I can get into it, but I probably won't reread it for a while if I ever do. When there's that marriage of both of them that I don't even think about who was writing, who was drawing, I'm just thinking this is a really good story yeah. and it's kind of sad how it, it seems like it's not common, you know, like with a lot of comics, it's sometimes it just feels like, well, the book is, you know, was just given to an artist and they drew it. And whereas like, you can see, like, I remember seeing, reading an interview with Jeff, Jeff Lober. He said, if he ever wants to talk to Tim Sale, he has to like take time out of his day because he knows that they're going to be on the phone for like two or three hours. And yeah. I was like, that's beautiful. You know, when my best friend and I, when we didn't live near each other, um, he lived in California, I lived in North Carolina. It was like that. It was like, okay, well, if I'm going to, if we're going to call each other, it's going to have to be at night when I, you know, I'm not at work or, <laughs> or something. And we figure out the time difference because otherwise I'm going to be on the phone with him for two hours catching up on the past couple of months, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I think, so the DC's, I know this is not long Halloween based, but DC's black label is, really helping repair that because Mm -hmm. i don't want to dump on any team right now that's making comics where i do feel one portion is much better with the other and i wish that portion had a different person they were working with yeah um but i think the black label stuff is a lot of it is is really gelling to that level of lobe and sale i don't think i haven't heard because I mean, the only ones I can really think off the top of my head that have such longevity and such a relationship are Brian Azzarello and Lee Bermejo. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. This is DC side speaking and mostly Batman. That's where, you know, that's where my reading knowledge mostly comes comes from. Um, yeah. There may be a lot of other teams working on other characters, but, but that that team, I think, uh, and then obviously Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, I think are the exact same way of like t- two creators who create such a bond in real life and just so happen to get to work on the same comic. Yeah. That can't, that can't be forced. That just has to happen when it does happen. You get really good material. Like not only, I mean, yes, these Batman books, but also their Marvel colored series with daredevil Hulk and Spider-Man and a a book that nobody ever talks or Captain America also. And another one that nobody ever talks about is like a Wolverine Gambit story from the nineties that, um, was also that's right that's right 
weakest story is probably still really good. The only thing I've never written was the uh, challenges, Challengers of the Universe. And that was their first project together. Okay. I, I've never read that either. I haven't either. And it was available for me to buy on um, in-stock trades for the longest time. I just kept kind of waiting. And then they were out of stock. And then now if I look for it and it's like, yeah, sure, you want it? That's going to be $900, please. Or, you know, it's not that much, but you get what I'm saying. It's <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even know if I like this book. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's already tough when like these like deluxe editions and uh, the, the absolutes and the, uh, the noir versions, it's like, yeah. there, but there is a time I bought Hush Unwrapped. And the only reason I bought it was because I was going to a Comic-Con. I knew Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee were going to be there. And I was like, well, I'm buying this just so they can sign it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And did they? Did you yeah, get the autographs? I, I got both of them. Yeah. I was very oh, happy. Oh, yeah. And Jim Lee just like immediately just doodles a Batman in it. And Jeff Loeb, like, you know, makes Batman, writes a word bubble about Batman that says, like, by Jeff Loeb or something like that. Or did you uh, have to ask Lee to do that? Or did he just open it and did it? He just does it. Yeah. For yeah. like everybody that brings a book? I think, I think so. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Like sometimes he just, like, if it's just like a regular comic, he just signs real quick. But something yeah. like that, I think he took the time. Where to... it's got like a hard interior. Yeah, yeah. That they can do a backside of the cover. Yeah, yeah. And so was it was that a special additional special privileges? Or was this just, hey, our boots open for four hours, whoever's in line can get it, an autograph and everybody was, that had a book was able it was no, it wasn't special. It was just we okay. just were at the front of the line because we got but you are <laughs> special, JJ. Okay. That's not what I meant. You are special. But I didn't know if this is another tier, a new tier, if it's almost like anybody who's got into this con can go stand in that line and get an autograph. I don't think so. It was, uh, no, that was before they started doing like the wristbands and stuff. Sure. Um, because it's like, that's another thing. You had to get in line for the wristband and then, you know, you had to get back in line like later in the day to, you know, like we did that with uh, when Arrow first premiered. Uh, we got in line that we got to meet the cast. Um, uh, and that was really cool. And uh, and then like when Scott and Greg became like super duper popular, that's what it was for them. It was like you you got to get the you got to get a wristband in the first part of the day, or else you're not going to get to see them later in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and last time I went to New York Comic Con a couple years ago, it was like that for Brian Michael Bendis too. And I was super annoyed because I was just like, look, man, like. I feel like all these assholes are posers here. I liked Ultimate Spider-Man when it started. <laughs> and <laughs> like, where the hell have you all come from? Um, but like I said, still no, still no Tim Sale, though. That's uh, that's one for the bucket list. Um, I feel like that was Peter Vera anger because he gets very angry at posers, <laughs> for sure. He's like, I've done the work, okay? <laughs> Check out my millions of long boxes I've got, which he, he does have. Yes. Uh, Nobody reads more than Peter Vera. My goodness. <laughs> I, well, I well, you know, when he and I did the Superman Aliens episode, I mm-hmm. I immediately thought of him because I was like, if anybody I know has read this book, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> of course, because and I reached out to him. I was like, have you, have you read this? Have you read the Superman Aliens crossover? And he sends me a picture of him holding it, going, "You mean this one?" <laughs> oh, gee, let me just show off my. Yeah, you know, some of those rich bastards have like the oh this porsche peter vera's <laughs> like oh this rare issue of a comic book i got that yeah yeah i love my it. my man but uh 
apparently wasn't a fan of Long Halloween for a long time until recently. <laughs> I still I still don't believe he's read it. So until he proves me wrong. He has to quote it verbatim. You'll go, hang on. Page 137. <laughs> oh, <laughs> incorrect, Peter. So I don't think that you've read this. You have not read it. Um, yeah, th- I mean, the uh, it, I think what's great about, you know, the the translation from book to movie was that we got to, you know, we, we get the same core story, like I said, but we also get to, we get more action in the movie than in the book. And, and not that that's a bad thing that the book, but the book does have a lot of action, but there is taking advantage of the two different mediums is really a great idea, especially when like you can have Batman have a ninja fight (laughs) in, you know, in Chinatown or whatever. And and, you know, and it's like, and I think one of my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the book is at the end when he jumps into the Roman's office and he starts kind of, you know, strategically taking out all the, all the villains um, and the movies does it a little bit different, but it's also, but it's just like, but you're just in that moment, like, like, you know, I, being able to, I'm not making any sense here. <laughs> take advantage <laughs> of the of the two different mediums, you know, where it's like uh-huh. you can you can take advantage of what the comic book can do, and it still feels very fluid. But when you're watching the movie, it also it, it's fluid in a different way because it's literally moving in front of you, um, and it can take the time to have an action beat, whereas the book can't. It would look silly if it was just like punch, kick, block, kick, you know, <laughs> for like, you know three or four pages you'd be like what the hell's going on here <laughs> so something that they that they included in the movie that i i thought worked really well was of course they they changed from the oh mickey i think uh, sullivan or whatever yeah how the thanksgiving issue opens up and how they have people in in custody and the movie they switched it to chinatown to yeah, take yeah. on uh, a gang there and Tim Sheridan explained why they did that and whatever, but also in adding that action beat. And I think that really works because it doesn't change the plot. And between issue, the end of issue one and the opening page of issue two of the long Halloween, you know, that's, oh, how many days would that be? That's, you know, at least like 23 days, right? Yeah, yeah. So this action could have happened, but we just didn't, it happened off panel. Right. right. Like there's in the the long Halloween timeline, you know, this could have happened. I think that worked really well in the movie because of course it gave a cool action beat for us. It gave us something a little different than what we would uh, were used to from the book. So it was them putting their own little stamp on it adding something new that still worked in the timeline of things but the one thing that they did bug me is that they ended up down seeing solomon grundy and i'm glad that batman didn't fight solomon grundy but we did not get a revelation of what that is that batman pulled off of his utility belt and punched in the nose of solomon grundy yeah i'm not the only person who (laughs) has wondered that i tons of others have as well but i've long said like i don't know what that is and so i was really hoping the movie was going to do it and they probably were like I don't know what it is either, so we're not gonna do it. <laughs> well, Lo- Loeb and Seal, if you're listening, uh, you gotta fix answer that in the special yeah. that's coming up. <laughs> yeah, um, please do. And that oh, what a twist that would be! The whole special is the fight 
or the origin of whatever that thing is that Batman <laughs> pulled out of his utility belt. That'd be that'd be funny. That'd be my question to Jeff Loeb. Like, hey, uh, what anything you want to ask Jeff Loeb? Yeah, what the hell did Batman pull out of his utility belt? <laughs> He's it's been... bugged me for years. Uh, Bat Solomon Grundy repellent spray. Maybe, yes, I don't that's know. what's it. <laughs> oh, board on the Monday. Oh my eyes. <laughs> um, so one one of the things that the movie did differently than the book, which I didn't realize until rereading the book, um, and let me ask you how you feel about this, is that Bruce and Selena know who each other are in the movie, but they don't in the book. Um, I I'm a big like you know bat cat shipper, you know like that's probably since because like my my first big comic book experience was hush uh but i've also i've always loved hush long halloween batman returns and so for me it's like and you know dark knight rises it's like yeah i think that's that's the end goal that's selena kyle's the is is she's his lowest lane in a lot of ways you know um that's that's always been my take on it um i'm curious what your take is or if you care <laughs> i I care so much I don't care. Okay. Boom. Wrap your head around that one. But uh, in the sense of I do love stories where they don't know. Okay, take Long Halloween. There we go. They're fighting slash chasing as their alter egos. And like the next panel, they're meeting up for a date yeah. as the, their normal selves. That's always fun. It's fun when Bruce knows who Catwoman is, but Catwoman doesn't know who Bruce is mm-hmm. or who Batman is. You know, I, yeah. I like that. I think from every angle of that story, I just appreciate and I really like, and I really like when they know who each other are, like such as Tom King's run and uh, Batman Catwoman series. Um, here they dealt with it in a way that was unique because it made me question for a while. Wait, do they know who each other is? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So I'm. I'm just a fan as long as it's done well. And I like that moment in Hush when he tells her who he is. You know, I think yeah. that's our nerds' big soap opera moment. We're like, oh my gosh, you told they know each other. It's all. Yeah. They're kissing and hugging and jumping <laughs> off of rooftops together. <laughs> but then that can work really well you know, as a bit of a tragedy too, which the movie dealt with just a little bit. I mean, not uh, not trying to be like hyperbolic on a tragedy level, but you know, like it's two people who obviously like love each other and really want to work together, but their lives are complicated that it's just, it's clashing, mm-hmm. whether it's their ideologies or their missions at hand and, and such like that just kind of clashes because that really gets you invested too. Cause it's like, damn it, yep. it can't work, but it should. Yeah, it's, it's it's funny when you know when I put it that way when I say it's like he's she's his Lois Lane or whatever it's like yeah but it's like it's like I feel like Superman and Lois are always gonna get together it's always gonna be a happy ending and we <laughs> love them together um, whereas like with Batman and Catwoman it's like well we'll get a happy ending but it also won't be the ending because there will be another ending you know <laughs> um, <laughs> it's but, not the ending yeah it's 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 a to be continued I guess <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so. Yeah, I think, you know, what what works about this book is that it 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 feels timeless. Like uh-huh. I'm, I read it, you know, reread it today, and I felt just the same way I did when I read it 
you know, 20 some years ago when I first got the book, um, like I'm just, I'm sucked in. And I joked with you about this before where I was like, I couldn't sleep one night. So I was like, well, I'm, I'll read the, the long Halloween. I'll at least read a couple chapters and I'll go to bed. And then I ended up reading the entire thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that can happen. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, not many stories will do that to me, you know, where I mm -hmm. just, it's like, even though I know the ending, I have to get to the ending. Um, and I, it's, and I think what's, what's really, you know, not only time, obviously it's, yeah, I said it's timeless, but what helps with that is the fact that when Hollywood, you know, is making Batman movies, you know, this is what they're pointing at, right? I mean, there's so much of this in the dark night. Um, mm -hmm. Matt Reeves said it's one of the stories he was inspired by when he was writing the Batman. Um, and even just, you know, in other media, it's like, this is sort of the accepted two-faced origin, you know? Um, and I, and I get really excited thinking about that, thinking that like, I love reading the book and seeing that scene on the rooftop and then thinking about the dark night. And then it's like, well, now I want to go watch the dark night, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that it's the the book has this presence in batman in, in you know the batman world that you know is you know nobody can ever take that away from it now knowingly or unknowingly uh i think it'd be interesting to hear did the animated series have an influence on that because i mean their their legends of the dark knight halloween specials also had that timeless quality about him, I think. Yeah. And this a strength of the animated series is that it feels very timeless yeah. because you have elements that seem, oh, this is 1940s, but then it mixes with, oh, that's not that's 1990. Like yeah. so there's just enough little touches that puts you at a this works anytime. And I think the long Halloween really does that yeah. and does it really well too. Uh and that too helps with the you know the atmosphere and uh the, the setting of the story and I, I really love that about batman stories as well of course the new gadgets like in the dark knight the sonar you know stuff was really cool and everything and yeah i and batman has that upper hand and i really like scott snyder's batman run he's got very tech-based super agent spy quality <laughs> you know where i'm kind of like it's cool to an extent but give me that give me that dark gritty batman is just you know he is he's beating the criminals here and stopping them uh, without so much reliance on new state-of-the-art tech because that that stuff can also date a project yeah as well yeah so Batman 89 has a little bit of timelessness to it. Of course, there's stuff scattered throughout that is like, oh, you know, this this kind of dates it, this dates it a little bit, but a lot of the setting can feel like, name the year, and it's a little like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, and th that just works the best for me, I think. And I think, I hope that Matt Reeves' stuff does that too, because the very little that we've seen puts it in such like a goth kind of atmosphere yeah you know with the architecture and stuff and um that's really cool to me because i feel like that might bring a timeless quality to it which is exciting i i totally agree and i think and that's not easy to do because it it can't be forced or else it looks ridiculous um yeah 
but uh, I, I think I think we're in good hands with Reeves, so I'm not terribly worried about that. Like his plan. Yeah, he's game. done some okay things. Yeah, <laughs> Felicity was all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's what the poster should say from the producers of Felicity. <laughs> you know, uh, he did Cloverfield, so I expect the twist at the end of the Batman Clayface. Boom! <laughs> he's a big monster coming in on Gotham. I I said that. I think I said that in the Facebook chat where I was like. Oh, did- where I said something like, I wish that I kind of wish Andy Serkis was playing Clayface, you know, like I thought I kind of thought that's where they were going to go because of the their past their past relationship with the Planet of the Apes movies. And Bill immediately commented and said, nope. <laughs> or did Bill say that on purpose? Hold on. Of course, he said it on purpose. But did he say it to try and get you off the scent? Hmm. I'm on to you, Ramey. <laughs> I mean, who knows? He probably, I mean, you know, he's got his own preference for what he wants to see in a Batman movie anyway. And I don't think <laughs> Alfred be- Pennyworth is Clayface. <laughs> what a twist. You heard it here first. It's happening. You know, we, we just hacked into Bill's <laughs> email. We know exactly what's going on. You're um, going to, you're two days further up at your house but jj you need podcasts right now <laughs> you cannot have that information <laughs> i was just kidding i was just kidding i was joking around what the hell's going on here <laughs> had no idea um so ryan this has been this has been a ton of fun um and yeah. it's 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 always nice to get to uh, sit down and talk with you because i feel like we could sit here for like another hour or two just dissecting the book um and i know you'd have no problem with that <laughs> not at all um, I'm just getting started. I thought we were doing six hours. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me <laughs> strap <refill>. in, folks. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it. I think it, it's funny where when I started listening to your show and I reached out to you, and you know, we've since you know become friends. It's like I when when you hear about somebody's favorite Batman story, I always love to hear why because I think it's mm-hmm. um, it not that it it says a lot about that person or anything, but it's it's fun to go, Oh, that's your favorite. And those are your reasons. Like, well, now I kind of want to tell you my, my favorite and, you know, and bounce off each other that way. Um, and I will admit that when the, uh, the long Halloween movie was announced, I was very cautiously optimistic because Uh I did not, I did not like hush. I thought that was a bad adaptation. Um, and I was really not happy with the way they did that movie. Um, but when, when it was Bill, like I went to Batman on film. That was a review I read. I was like, mm-hmm. if he likes it, I'm okay. It's gonna be good because <laughs> he's he's, he's be the right. he's the pickiest of all of us. To, uh, you know, <laughs> sure. Um, I was cautiously optimistic too because, but I I mean it's just easy to. So you don't you didn't like the Hush adaptation? Then you just you know you've got the Hush the book. Yeah, I love that's book. its purest form. That's hush. Nothing will change that. And I think, I mean, it took me years. You know, I hope every nerd has their moment where they just definitely mature. Lord knows that I did. Of, of like, it's okay. Like I've, there can be different genres of Batman. There can be different interpretations. They can botch the Long Halloween movie. I've still got my absolute long Halloween right here for me to read and enjoy over and over. So sure. Go ahead and change it. If you want to, I don't care. I've got mm-hmm. the book. Yeah. Uh, fortunately though, the two parts, they ended up nailing it. Uh, <laughs> they did. They did. 
so I was I was happy. I was a happy boy. And I hope that my my reasoning on why it's my favorite is pretty boring. I think I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and I think that's kind of I don't know if that's fully indicative of me because I think I'm a pretty happy person, but I really enjoy watching moody and dark things. <laughs> I no, I'm I'm the same way. There's something about like I said before, like the best Batman stories are tragedies. I think mm-hmm. and I, I dig into those. Um I love I love a good somber movie because yeah. I think sometimes that just there's there's a cathartic release to it. And yeah. I think there's a little bit of that with um you know, when, when you have a really good story, whether it's a book or a comic book, that you can have that kind of release. And I think it's a great, the, the book has a great ending because it doesn't feel, for as tragic as it is, it doesn't feel pessimistic. I don't, I didn't, I don't read the book and think, you know, well, that was a downer. Like, you know, it yeah. it kind of, it kind of ends in a, in a tragic way, but it doesn't, um, but I'm not in a bad mood afterwards, you know, sometimes that's a good, that's a good point. You know, especially the ending. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, When he, the first, you know, the last line Batman says is I believe in Batman. Mm -hmm. And, and that just makes me cheer because it's like, you know, that was, that's, you know, that's such a great line. That's in the movie. That's in the dark Knight rises. You know, he says, I'm a believer in the Batman. And uh, real quick, before I wrap up here, I forgot to mention this before. Uh, I got to mention this now because I don't know if you were the same way. You probably were. But in, in all of Jeff Loeb's work, he always says, you know, Wayne Manor, my father's house. And when he said it in Batman Begins, when he's like, oh, this is your house, Master Bruce. And he says, no, Alfred, it was my father's house. I in the movie theater was like, oh, he said the line. He said the line. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it's you family, And it turns out it's your family's name. Yes. That's <laughs> all I have left of them. <laughs> it's you My know father's house i'll tear place down brick by brick well you know that it, it just i was like oh they they really did read the comics like <laughs> they actually know what they're doing when they made this one <laughs> they didn't just you know nipple up the whole thing <laughs> my only nitpick of the dark knight trilogy is not enough nipples you know and you know <laughs> need I, more nipples come yeah. on reeves nipples yeah. nipples okay <laughs> if don't really- cut that out and end it be that <laughs> put it on loop <laughs> that, nipples, be- nipples nipples <laughs> nipples that's that's how it's gonna be the background music for my for the news music we're starting the show with <laughs> you can start and be like nipples 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 um oh boy <laughs> what a what a way to go out um i know right so, like you were trying to end this like five minutes ago we wouldn't have gotten all the nipples if we yeah, did so yeah. there we go it's 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 staying in there it's going to be the selling point for the, for the book for, it for is the podcast. that'll be the <laughs> god um but but ryan thank you so much for joining me you know um i was excited to do this like i said there was no one else i would wanted to do this episode with um because it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna go to somebody go to an expert you know and you 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 kind of have your doctorate in the long halloween i think (laughs) there's somebody out there that would school the hell out somebody out there that would tell me what's said on page 137 so uh i don't know what's on page 137 exactly wait Uh, this is an audio only podcast right uh uh oh it's between falcone and batman yeah obviously it's between (laughs) falcone and batman at the at the uh the funeral and he says is it worth it and falcone says who the 
obviously jj that's yeah. on page 137 yeah he says um, is it worth it let me work it drop down <laughs> reverse it and, and the next page you turn it and bruce is putting his thing down and reversing <laughs> it it's it's great the, the long halloween ahead, ahead of its time the cape doesn't cover that the cape like goes around like a tent <laughs> it's interesting um but yeah but uh thanks again ryan uh when uh, when people are done listening to this and they want to hear more of your uh, wacky nipple talk, uh, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me back on, JJ. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, good times, for sure. Uh, if they'd like to find me, I am on the Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan. Lauer spelled like lower. However, I do much more of the tweet activity through my podcast, The Batman Book Club. Um, or as our friend Peter Vera says, da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> which is also on Twitter at the Batman BC. Uh, you can check that that check out the, the Twitter handle anywhere you get podcasts. Check out the show. Um, it's just a fun time. Have a different guest on each episode, uh, a, a Batman book that they choose. It, they're evergreen, so it's not immediate if you're not caught up with this month's batman comics that doesn't matter that's okay because we just talked about one that was released in 1987 you know it's uh, a lot of fun that that way jj's been on the show before talking about my second favorite batman story of all time batman noel by mr liebermejo um and he will be coming to my show again unless he's gotten too too big for the batman book club um, um I sh- never. So, uh, never. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too big for some of these other dickheads. Like I'm not going That's on straight. Right. I'm not going on straight out of Gotham, but I'll be on the Batman book. To class. hell with Eric Holzman. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh Kidding, check out check out the show. <laughs> I'm not. Um <laughs> but no, check out check out the show. And I try I keep the Twitter um the Twitter timeline for the Batman book club very positive because you know we and that's where we got cut off. But it's okay. Uh, Ryan was able to plug what he wanted to plug. Um, yeah. And, you know, Ryan's not very good at endings anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, totally kidding. That was a joke. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so I apologize, Ryan, that we lost the audio there. But we got all the uh, important stuff in there that's that's the main thing um so thanks everybody for listening um and ryan i promise to (laughs) not cut you off like that again with my crappy internet um so we'll just end today's episode with i believe in gotham city i believe in harvey dent i believe in the batman book club And I believe in Ryan Lauer. (coughs) Excuse me.